All right, good morning. Welcome back to Middle Tech's Friday update. We are finally here in October, so I guess that means fall is officially here. We've got Keeneland just around the corner, uh, and we're excited to talk over some of the news that went on this week. So let's go ahead and get Nate and Evan in here and get things kicked off. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. All right. Well, I, I finally I looked up a good tech dad joke this morning, and I actually got it to where it's going <laughs> to stay on my computer. All right. All right, you guys ready for this? Yeah, Let's what do you it. got? What are computers' favorite snacks? Bites. That's close. This is a good guess. Microchips and cookies, but just a few bites of each. <laughs> that was, the multi-pun answer is always a good was, one. That was the best reaction I've gotten out of uh, the Tech Dad joke so far. So I, I'll tell you, that's a good one. That's a success. <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. we got some really good news. we got some good relevant Kentucky news to talk about, which is always a lot of fun for us. Uh, so we've got this big new Ford battery plant that's just been announced in uh, Elizabethtown in Hardin County, Kentucky. Um, we've got Google uh, improving their search using more AI features. Uh, and then we've got TikTok um, getting into NFTs, flirting with NFTs. So let's go ahead and start off with this really big news here in Kentucky that I think a lot of our uh, people who are tuning into this are going to be pretty interested to hear about if you haven't heard about it already. And that is this new battery plant that's going in uh, beside Elizabethtown. So Evan, I want you to kick this one off because one, you just recorded mm -hmm. a uh, weekend thoughts about this. You're also an Elizabethtown native. So talk a little bit about what's going on here. Yeah. So Ford is obviously transitioning to electric vehicles and they are in need of batteries. Um, so they are partnering with a company called SK Innovation and they're doing a $5.8 billion project in a small town called Glendale, Kentucky, just outside of Elizabethtown. Uh, and it's supposed to create 5,000 jobs. So Glendale has a population of 1,800 people, and they're dropping a brand-new state-of-the-art factory there that's going to create 5,000 jobs. And it's supposed to open in 2025. So the rate of change that that little town is going to go through over the next five years is going to be, you know, you say, people have no idea what's going to happen, uh, what that means. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a pretty crazy project. And uh, it took a lot to pull off. So the state of Kentucky gave them a, a forgivable loan of $250 million. If they end up meeting the job projections uh, of created jobs, and then if they end up uh, doing the entire project, so they promised investment in Kentucky, uh, they, they gave them the 1,500 acres of land. So the state of Kentucky just gave them that. Um, and then... Uh, they're going to be training a lot of Kentucky natives uh, in technology and various other skills that are involved in that project. And then finally, uh, they've been improving the highway system there around Glendale uh, for the last few years so that uh, they could easily ship those batteries across the country, but mostly to Louisville where they uh, assemble the Ford F-150. Mm. So I imagine what's going to happen is the batteries are going to be built in Glendale, and then they'll take a quick 45-minute drive up to Louisville to the plant and drop those batteries off. Then they'll be put into um, the F-150. So there you go. That's exciting stuff. I, I know that's a, a huge deal for Elizabethtown. Um, and I think it's an awesome thing what Kentucky mm -hmm. has done to provide all of those incentives. I don't think people realize how much of, of the Chamber of Economic Development, that's, that's their main job is to try and provide those incentives. So they did a great job uh, putting this package together for Ford and getting this through and making it happen. I mean, this is the biggest economic development project in Kentucky history is, is kind of what I've been reading. I mean, six, I think a $6 billion investment. I mean, that's just, 
that's incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. So we're super pumped to see that. We're, and uh, something that makes it even cooler is that it's around uh, electric vehicles and batteries. I think that's a huge deal that Kentucky is positioning itself as somebody who is helping lead the charge in uh, the EV race. And then between yeah. Toyota and Ford, you know, Kentucky is, you know, leading the way as far as automotive goes in the United States. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to ruin your weekend thoughts, Evan. There's a little plug for that. Everybody listen tomorrow. But you you paint the picture a little bit of what these jobs will mean for Elizabethtown overall, not just Glendale. But E-Town is what, like 40,000 people right yeah. now? And so 5,000 jobs plus those workers' families. I mean, it's going to transform that area. So we can think about the logistics of you know the, the factory and everything, which is great, but the economic development is a even whole nother level of change that's coming to the area. Yeah, Shane Howard uh, from Elizabethtown as well, good buddy, uh, says economic impact will probably be closer to $10 billion. Uh, yeah. And, you know, people move into the area, uh, 50,000 people. I said it between 20 and, and, and 40,000 people, I said, uh, because it's not just 5,000, you know, it's not just 5,000 people, you know, they yeah, have families. It's, families. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's their friends that, that might be moving along with them. It's, uh, the ancillary companies that are there to support. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of people moving mm -hmm. into the area. Yeah. We should do a, like a case study <laughs> yeah. on the effects that that, that new plant has once it's kind of yeah. uh, established and hiring. So we're super, super pumped y about that. Y'all want to invest in some real estate out there? Yes. <laughs> oh, wish. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Let's move on to this next topic. And that is, uh, Google has come out and talked about some of the improvements they're making to search, which, uh, when you think about it, you know, you, we use Google search all the time and we, we probably all take it pretty for granted. Um, but anytime they yeah. improve Google search, it's, it's a pretty big deal when they can make, uh, information more accessible to more people, uh, just through ease of, of finding it. And that's, what's kind of going on here. So Nate, do you want to kind of give us an overview on what Google has been working on and why it's significant? Yeah. So Google announced a bunch of different updates related to its search and kind of its, its core product there. Um, but one thing that really stuck out to me was multi-mask or multi-task unified modeling. Mm -hmm. As with all AI tech, it's got a long name, but MUM is what they call it, M-U-M. Basically, it's able to identify when you search for something, like what you actually might want out of that search and kind of just give, give you little bits of information that it pulls from websites. So the example that it uses is acrylic paint. If you search acrylic paint, it will give you like cards of info. That's like, what is acrylic paint? Where can you buy it? How do you use it? How do you paint with it? How do you remove it? And these are all cards you can just tap on and interact with. And these are pulling just bits of information from websites that through other searches and through results, Google knows is actually what you want to know. So it's kind of just making it more intuitive for you, the user. And it's something like you said, like we just Google search and click through right now. Like we've kind of take it for granted, but there are all these ways that we can use, you know, this AI to understand better how people are actually, you know, trying to find information. Another cool thing is they're going to use that same tech to pull clips from YouTube videos. Even if the YouTube video is not about that topic, like if it's a video about like, you know, just arts and craft in general, and there's 30 seconds about acrylic paint, it can pull that clip and deliver it to you. And they're focusing on that because Gen Z overwhelmingly likes to, likes to learn from video. They don't like reading to learn, which is interesting. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Um, you know, yeah. when Logan told me this news, I was like, don't they already use a lot of artificial intelligence in their, uh, in their search, which they do. 
Uh, but this is just taking it, you know, a step further for certain mm -hmm. types of searches, which you know you you painted the picture pretty well there. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to increase engagement, you know, with their search because typically you make a search and you jump off Google and you go to a web page. Uh, now I think what's going to end up happening is people are just going to stick on that search and spend time there instead of jumping to these other websites. So I'm mm -hmm. curious how these some of these websites will feel when they know. Uh, Google's kind of presenting that information and preventing that user from bouncing to the website. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. That's interesting. Yeah. That's they're just harvesting free content from the websites. That's a good point. One of those implications. Yeah. And one of the new improvements of, of search that I kind of wanted to point out is they're now allowing image and text to be combined in a search. So you could post uh, mm -hmm. an image of the example I saw was a shirt with a particular pattern on it. So you put, you enter in that picture and you say, find me socks that have the same pattern and the search is able to see the picture and then relate that to the text that you just added into it. So I think, I mean, overall, I think it's a really big deal to make information easier to find. If you're saving time for people searching around the internet, if you're making that information more accessible and easier to find, I think that's a really big deal. And the way uh, it was kind of explained in one of the other articles that I was reading about it is it's going to be more like interacting with a human who knows what they're talking about, who can make assumptions about what you're trying to learn more about. Uh, mm -hmm. so one of the examples I saw was, uh, you've just hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. You now want to hike Mount Fuji. You want to know all of the, the differences between the two mountains and what you need to know. You know, normally you'd have to do a lot of Google searches to know the different types of weather, the different elevations, but what they're trying to go for with this new, uh, mum is you can just enter in what's the difference between these mountains and it's going to be able to pull all that relevant information for you. So it gets me really excited. I mean, something that we use as heavily as Google search, like that's just wired into, especially our generation's brains. Anytime we want to know yeah. anything, we're just able to go search for it. Uh, making that easier and more accessible, I think is a really big deal. So I'm excited to see them uh, investing in this and, and improving it even further. Cool. You guys have anything else you want for to sure. add to that before we move on to the TikTok thing? No, nope. I think Evan's point of pulling content is super interesting though. Like there's a whole industry of SEO, you know, search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. And then this is like a massive change to how search works. Yeah. That's going to have ripple effects throughout the marketing industry. That's super interesting. Changing the rules of the game, kind of. Yeah, because they own the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're, all these businesses are at the mercy. You know, all these yeah. businesses are at the mercy of Google uh, at the end of the mm -hmm. day. 80% uh, of all search traffic goes through goes through Google. So, uh, you know, Ridiculous. Google's really holding the, uh, the cards here. Yeah, crazy stuff. Yep. Well, definitely something to pay attention to, even... Uh, even if the search tool is much improved, we'll see what the ripple effects will be. All right, let's uh, dive into this last thing here. And that is that TikTok is starting to flirt with NFTs. So Evan, you want to give us a high-level overview of what's going on there? Yeah, for sure. So from what I read, uh, basically uh, TikTok is going to start experimenting with some major influencers uh, that you know are either already talking about NFTs or have massive followings. So some names they dropped were uh, Lil Nas X, um grimes bella porch i don't know who that is uh rudy <laughs> willingham gary v so the pretty big names um that they're gonna be experimenting with and i guess they're gonna be able to sell their uh, moments and their uh, their content mm. uh, via nfts which i think is a really big deal because i mean if you think back to vine which is i don't know how many years ago was vine guys 
probably 10 now too long yeah 10 years too maybe. long i don't know 10 years ago i mean there are some vines that are probably worth a lot of money that i think about still <laughs> yeah, yeah. i sure. would love to own and i would love to like own part of the, one of those vines right and so i vine think... defined culture in the 2010s what sure. vine? what vine sure. what vine think of a vine that comes to mind which one would you own evan <laughs> Um, wow, you really put <laughs> me on the spot. That's there. on the spot for sure. <laughs> I want the one with the the bin of like rubber ducks, where he presses down the whole bin. Oh of ducks yeah, and they all just like squeal. <laughs> the one with the potato flying around—that one always got me. I don't know why. Just the stupidity of some of those videos <laughs> and simplicity are so funny. Anyway, sorry to get sorry. I can't even name one. <laughs> You're a fake TikTok. You're a fake fake Vine fan. I mean, I had to see. I'd have to see him. I'm kidding. But um, there were definitely, there were definitely some that I think would be worth a good amount of money, especially for like creators that uh, started on Vine and then you know have grown. I mean, there, there. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Again, I can't name a creator uh, that has done that, but there are plenty. I'm sure. I'm sure Nate has some in mind. But uh, Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X is one of them. I mean, he got really? popular because he he created Old Town Road and just started posting it over and over again on early TikTok, mm. and the song blew up on TikTok and then became the biggest <laughs> song of all time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like owning owning those early videos are probably worth yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, TikTok is partnering with a company called Immutable X. I actually went down a rabbit hole here with them. Um, I've still got to read their full white paper, but I, I mean, I was diving into this company. So a pretty cool company. Uh, they pride themselves in creating another layer above Ethereum that allows it to be 100% carbon neutral. So one of the big problems with NFTs and blockchain is that you know all these transactions are uh, requiring a lot of energy. And so this Immutable X company is creating another layer above uh, Ethereum to allow for, again, carbon neutral transactions and the creation of NFTs. Uh, and there's no there's no fee to create an NFT uh, based on what I'm seeing on their website, which is a pretty big deal. Um, so it's it's you know it's free, whereas a lot of times to create an NFT it's it's not cheap. Um, so October sixth is when the first one uh, should come out. The first one drops, and it's going to be Lil Nas X. So it should be a pretty big deal. This is a big step for creators. I think TikTok has kind of defined the creator economy uh, of yep. this last like five, ten year like five years. Um, and so they're going to capitalize on that. I think they own it. I think they have it more than I would even say, uh, culturally, I think they have it more than Facebook right now, uh, and Twitter both. Uh, so I'm really yeah. interested to see how this works out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. TikTok defines culture right now. Um, I was surprised that they hadn't really said anything about NFTs before. Cause obviously Twitter's like all in and then Facebook has even announced some experiments. So it, it makes sense that they're trying this. I think this this seems very like small scale to start. We'll see if they decide to like integrate it all together. But like you said, if they do and it's like a massive integration and anybody could own any TikTok, like the amount of money that creators could get if they post good content is wild. Yeah, I think I, I could see that for sure. I mean, like going back and being able to own the first video that made somebody go viral. I think that that'd be pretty cool. It's just like the, uh, yeah. um, and maybe it was the Charlie bit my finger or the Daniel after the dentist video, like two of the OG YouTube videos, one of those two, I think it was Charlie bit my finger, yeah. um, went off as an NFT and just like to be able to own, that's like a piece of internet history. Um, and I'm pretty sure they yeah. deleted it off YouTube after that point. So, I mean, that's just going to continue on, especially. Did they really? Yeah. So I think that was part of the deal with, I the hadn't NFT. heard that. Yeah. They, wow. you, if you bought the NFT, then it got deleted from 
from YouTube. So like you really, you really own it. Um, but I see that oh that's just going to continue as, as TikTok makes people famous and pe- makes people into movie stars and whatever other type of fame comes along with this, uh, this virality that you can get on TikTok. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're really smart. Do you think this. Th- this might be a too large of a question about NFTs in general, but like if you aren't deleting these videos off of TikTok, but you own it via NFT, do you think it's still valuable or is it just the super fans of that creator who would want it? I actually think it's more valuable if it's on TikTok. I'm not sure how the ownership will work if there's anything attached to like the amount of views it gets on TikTok, but you know, you mm-hmm. you want people to be seeing this video that you know is made somebody famous for some, for for whatever reason and them knowing that you're the one that owns it. Like that makes it more valuable the more people that are watching it and interacting with it in my opinion. Um, I don't know if you guys feel differently about that, yeah. but that's, that's kind of what I would assume is you want it to stay up on TikTok. I don't think you'd want it to come down because nobody sees it at that point. Yeah. I think they would have to integrate some features in the app itself. Like maybe there's a tag that says you own it mm-hmm. and maybe you get a percentage of like the creator fund revenue. I don't know, but like, yeah. I, I think that there has to be some type of feature integration, but if that's the case, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, if that's all we've got on those topics, we'll go ahead and wrap it up, close it out. So it's starting to get tough to talk about all the different things that we're doing on a week to week basis. Cause we just keep putting out content. Um, but let's see, let's start with what we put out yesterday. Uh, we've got a new mini series called develop Lex in which we're uh, sitting down and interviewing, uh, Lexington's top real estate developers. So think of the people who, uh, built fifth, third building city center, Hamburg, Grayline station. Uh, if you're interested in commercial real estate or just interested in how Lexington was built into the city it is today. It's an awesome series that you need to check out. Um, so Evan is part of that. And then also on our team, Weston Lockhart, who is uh, a young up and coming guy in the commercial real estate market here in Lexington are the hosts of that. Um, our first, first episode was with Pat Madden. Uh, our second episode that we released yesterday is with uh, Chad Needham, who is responsible for Grayline Station. So go and check that out. Um, today, we'll obviously have this out on our uh, out on our um, podcast feed. So we're excited to be putting these uh, in a more accessible place for everyone. And then Nate or, or Evan, cause it's Evan's uh, weekend thoughts. Somebody talk about what we got coming out tomorrow. Give a promo for yourself, Evan. Yeah. So uh, Chad, I believe it's Chad Needham's episode and he created the gray line station. So he's a big investor in the North limestone area. Uh, so he is notorious for like North lime donuts, uh, and the whole North Lime, uh, it's called Gray Line Market. Uh, and so, you know, great developer focused on a specific part of Lexington that's very up and coming. Uh, and so it's a cool episode to hear how he got his career started uh, doing franchises. So he wasn't necessarily doing real estate, but then he switched to real estate at some point in his life. And now he is really doing a great job developing uh, the city of Lexington, especially specifically the north side of it. What about the weekend thoughts for what? tomorrow as well? Yeah, so Weekend Thoughts, uh, that one was about the Ford plant. So I walked through, kind of gave people a picture of what, you know, Glendale and Elizabethtown are like and what this uh, effect would would look like of bringing in, you know, a $6 billion project just outside of uh, Elizabethtown into a town of Glendale, which is just 1,800 people. So it's going to be cool. Awesome. I'm excited to listen to that as well. And then we've got our normal podcast episode coming out on Monday. That's going to be with Brian Moyer. Uh, who is the CEO and president of an organization in Nashville called the Nashville Technology Council. Um, So they are what I call the backbone of some of these startup ecosystems. Uh, He's the one for Nashville. 
helping make sure that Nashville has the tech talent it needs to continue growing and a couple other things uh, that they're doing that's, that's pretty interesting down in the Nashville ecosystem. So excited for you guys to learn a little bit from Nashville, see how we can apply that in Kentucky. Um, but other than that, I think that's all we got. I hope everyone has a wonderful Friday. Go Cats on Saturday. Let's beat Florida. Uh, everyone have a safe, safe weekend. Yeah. We'll see you next week.